0: sure if we have anybody uh, in adults up there, but the kids will be all right. (coughs) All right. (coughs) I look forward to when we get our next building done and Getting ready for the new sanctuary and working on that, and <clears throat> I'm—I don't know. I, I'm just kind of thinking that <clears throat> this this continues like this, and we get that other building, then we may have to knock out the wall between those two rooms and make that whole thing uh, a nursery one of these days. So <clears throat> I think it'd be great, and uh, just so excited to see what God is doing. You can turn to Matthew chapter sixteen. I apologize. I've been preaching out of Revelation on the on the uh, seven churches, but we're going to take a little break just this Sunday from that, and we'll just want to preach something that kind of—I uh, I don't know. I, I I preached a message like this a few years ago, and and I was uh, giving some thought to this, and and I just want to share share this passage again with you and go over it a little bit today, and want to preach on my two favorite subjects, Jesus and the church. <clears throat> Nothing better than that, right? <clears throat> and pray it'll be an encouragement to all of us today. I I I guess the thing that got me thinking about this was <clears throat> on Friday we were able to uh, minister to uh, a family that probably many of them don't go to church anywhere and have never uh, experienced um well the the reality and and the goodness of a of, of just a good church body and and it blessed my heart to uh see our people who were so busy serving and showing the love of christ and i appreciate that and and it also it just burdened my heart i i've preached a lot of services and and been through some really sad ones and this was a sad one on friday too but um kind of overwhelmed um, with just um, a compassion for our family on Friday, and uh, I, I just it just <coughs> showed me that how thankful I am for our church, and I, I just want this to be an encouragement today, and, and also a warning. There are some things in here that we need to take as a warning, and things we ought to do, and. And uh, we had a wonderful connections class today. Look, if you don't come, you think maybe it's just for kids. It is not. It's a wonderful uh, class where we we learn some things together, and and today was an application of some of that, and just going over some things about our church family. And uh, you really miss out on that. <coughs> we have done discipleship on those in, in that connections class, and. And Lord willing, when we get some rooms, we'll start doing that and offering more uh, classes and connections. And so, if you don't come, you ought to try it sometime. Nine forty-five. You'll find your heart to be challenged and blessed in that time, and and uh, find it very practical. And all of this and uh, the the ministries that we have, uh, I, I think of our the new ones, the Bridge Ministry. I, I think of the widows and widowers ministry that we have, <clears throat> I think of the, the teen ministry, the quam ministry, the, the ladies fellowship, Bible study that they have, the, the conquerors class. Um, it, it's not just to be busy, but it, it really is to help each other in, in two ways, to, to help, help in your walk with the Lord, and then also to build a relationship with those in the church family. And you, the the older I get, and the longer I'm in this, the more important I see that. And I, I don't care how how old or how mature we are in the faith. Uh, left to ourselves, we are prone to wander. <coughs> and there there's just something about a good, loving church family that is so powerful that God uses. And and I I hope that that can be relayed today as we look at these verses in Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to start off, and uh, I I think I'll just, uh, you know what, let's just read it, okay? This is uh, going to help us more than anything. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. So they're tempting Jesus. (coughs) He, Jesus, answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the sign of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, as he left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. When Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do you not understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5000 and how many baskets you took up, neither the seven loaves of the 4000 and how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should be aware, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, we'll, we'll get into the other verses as we get down to that. We're, we're going to stop here, but, and we're going to give some thoughts here that later on we will see that Jesus says, I will build my church. You know, matter of fact, let's just read it. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, "...some that say, Thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven." And so here, let's give thought to this, and give thought to to what a church is. And obviously, we know it's a called-out assembly. That's what we are. And and as believers, we come together and we worship together. And that is exactly what God tells us to do. In Hebrews 10, and verse 25, He commands us that that we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is. But and so we know that. Now, we are to come together, we're to worship God, we're to exhort one another, encourage one another, and, and so we do come together, and, and, and it's not a building, it's not a denomination, it's not Israel, it's a group of blood-bought sinners that have trusted Jesus as their Savior, and we come together and we worship together. And in worshiping, there are all aspects of what, what is in worship. Yes, we sing praises to God we we give honor and glory to God in our attitude and in our spirit today as we uh, consider who He is and and we're worshiping Him. We worship Him by fellowshiping with other believers, exhorting, encouraging, uh, a, a, as it says, provoking unto good works. And we need to be doing that. That's part of our worship that we have. We we worship in the prayers that we give to God today. We we, we uh, in in all these ways that. We are worshiping God, and and so we come together as this family, and we come together to worship God, and carry out God's commands, and be equipped for God's commands, so that we can go out and and win others to Jesus, and see them then come, and and, and not only trust Jesus, but then follow the Lord in baptism after they have uh, trusted Christ, and they make that public declaration that they are a child of God, a disciple of Christ, and, and so we do that, we Carry out the ordinances that God has given us, in that we we celebrate and and worship God through baptism. We celebrate and worship God through taking of the Lord's Supper, the the uh, representing His death, burial, and resurrection, and and looking forward to the day that He will come back. And we edify and we equip the believer. We praise Him and we worship Him. And so here we see the importance of that church and how important it is that we are a part of that. And once you have trusted Christ as your Savior, then you, I would hope that you would attach yourself to a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and there, it's there that that church will baptize you. It's there that you become a part of that membership. And that, look, people argue about being a member of the church and, and all of that. Look, I don't know your heart, okay? I, I, I don't know your heart. The only way that I can know your heart is by you giving testimony of what has taken place in your life. And so we talk to you and ask you, has there been a time when you have opened your heart and humbly received Jesus as your Savior, recognizing you're a sinner and need of a Savior, and you have called upon Him, and you are trusting Him completely to be your Savior, and And when you do that and you give testimony of that and, and you follow the Lord in baptism as God shows us that we ought to, then you do. We, we vote you in based upon your testimony of, of salvation. That's why we do that. It, it, and, and voting someone in, there, there is no biblical evidence of that, but there is biblical evidence that we do attach ourselves to a local Bible-believing church, and we're a part of that Bible-believing church, and, and we're a part of that, and we, we are involved in that in, in any way that God leads us to be involved in it. You know how wonderful it is, and, and, and it's amazing how God takes people from all different walks, all different kinds of experiences in their lives, and, and all different paths that they've had, and, I mean, and, and he brings them together and, and makes them into a body that is functional and unified and used by God. That's an amazing thing. I can't do that. God does that. God does all of that, and, and he does such a good job, and we look at that, and believe me, there are times where I look at that, and I think, God, I, I don't I don't know how this is ever going to work, and, and we're reminded of our, our theme verse that we had last year, Matthew 19, 26, where but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible, and boy, do we see God doing some wonderful, great things, and and we are so excited, and and I am just thrilled to be a part of Platte Valley Baptist Church. I am. I I, I love this group of people. I, I I love our community. I I love those even that that aren't a part of our community or our, our church family. And you know, Friday, I I pray, I pray that that God does something spectacular in in all of the family, all of Tyler's family, that that was here on Friday that they can see how wonderful and beautiful it is to be a part of something where everybody comes together, their sins have been forgiven, and they know that they're on their way to heaven, and they can come in and be a part of a loving, accepting family. I mean, there is nothing better than that. And and, and I just want God to continue to grow that and, and reach out to as many people as we possibly can. But we know here in these first 12 verses that there are some hindrances that can come along, and that's what we need to guard against. There are those guys called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, I understand that we're not Jews, and, and I understand that, that we're, there, there are no actual Pharisees or Sadducees here in our congregation today. And, and I understand that. But the Pharisees were, and the Sadducees both were very prideful, very arrogant, very out there in the open about how they worshiped and how they expected you to worship. And do you guys realize, too, that, that the, the Jewish nation, for the most part, are a bunch of unbelievers who are on their way to hell? Just because they're a Jew doesn't mean that they're saved. And as a matter of fact, if you go over to Israel now, and why don't you try this sometime, go over to Israel and try to start a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and see how, how that works out. You'll be persecuted, you'll be beaten, you'll be scoffed, and there's even laws passed to keep you from doing that. You have to be careful of how you do that. I knew a friend that was over there for several years, and, and he had some preachers come over, and he told those guys, he said, you need to be careful if you go down on the streets, and he was in Jerusalem, and he said, you be careful going down on the streets of Jerusalem, and, and you're you're better off to just go enjoy the sights and and we will you build relationships to be able to witness to someone. And he said, "Don't be passing tracts out publicly on the street." One preacher said, "Well, I'm going to go do it." And he said, "You better not do it." He went down there, started passing out tricks. Some of the orthodox Jews came along and beat the crud out of him. And and guess what the police do? We're going to look the other way. I mean, we need to understand the. We, we need to understand the mentality of the Pharisees of the day, and, and we need to understand that that it's their way or no way, okay? Their way is the way of righteousness, and their way of righteousness was always to the, the look good and, and do things in public and, and do it exactly, not only like, not, not what God said, but you will do it like we have said that you need to do this, and this is how we define holiness, and this is how we define godliness, and This is how we define the road to heaven is by what we come up in our minds, and these are the things that we determine that you must do to be saved. That's the attitude of the Pharisees, and I'm telling you that the Pharisaical attitude is a hindrance to the growth of the local church today. And he, and he goes on, and they're so caught up in their own rules and they're so caught up in their tradition and, and, and they have made up all these different rules. That's what religion is. They, they make up all of their rules that you must do in order to be saved and they forget the Bible, we're going to do this and this is how we're going to please God. And they as a religion then determine this is what you must do to be saved. Totally contrary to what the Bible says. You're not going to get saved, and you're not going to go to heaven because of your religion. You're going to get saved, and you're going to go to heaven by you understanding that you are a sinner in desperate need of a Savior, and you call out and you place all your faith, not in who you are, but in everything that Jesus is, and you trust Jesus as your Savior. and He'll give you eternal life. But here we see that they were hypocritical and and they were blind i mean he, he says that oh ye hypocrites you can discern the face of the sky but can you not discern the signs of the times you you have gotten so caught up pharisees that that you can't even see who i am oh how religion does that and everything becomes external and he tells them over in matthew chapter 23 i i i find this interesting i You talk about somebody that wasn't politically correct. Jesus was not politically correct. Look at this in Matthew 23, uh, and and we'll start with verse 23. And this is what he says, and he's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done, and not to leave the other undone. You blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. You, you, you know what? <clears throat> I'm I'm telling you, there there are times where, where I've gone into I've gone into some churches and not very often do I do this. I have some friends that give testimony of this and had a long conversation with a friend yesterday who had just come out of some a situation like this where where we have everybody dressed up and wearing their nice their nice coat and their tie and and they see somebody come in that that maybe isn't dressed as appropriately as they think that they should and they and they shun them and make them feel uncomfortable and and not want any part of them give me a break don't let me catch you doing that we don't i don't have to worry about it we don't do that and I'm thankful for that. You need to take people where they are and help them to get where they need to be. And there needs to be some patience and there needs to be some love and there needs to be some mercy and there needs to be some grace that, that we have received in our lives that we give to those. And, and yes, you don't, those that come in, you don't, anyway, I mean, you can justify anything and, 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 and I'm not doing that. But, but here we see that, oh, they were so careful in making the outside look good. Boy, how many times do you catch yourself, young families, I'll pick on you for a minute, you wake up on a Sunday morning and you're like, this is going to be the best day of our lives, and then everybody else wakes up. (laughs) And I mean, you get in the car and you're mad already. You've been fighting, the kids are squalling, and you come down the driveway, and you're like, if these kids don't be quiet, I'm going to give them all a good beating before they even get in the building. And, and then the wife says something, and then there's a squabble there, and you, you pull into the parking lot, and there's Tom sitting out there, and you, you know, watching you come in, and you get to smile as you drive by, and you're like... And then it's like... <coughs> you know? And then you park, and you slam it in the park, and you turn the keys off, and then you get out, and you're like, yes, this is great. The are watching, kids. We all march in from tallest down to shortest, and everybody's got their little fake smile on their face. And you know what? It's you know what you'd be better off to do: come out of there, and your hair's in every direction, and you, you're still wiping the mascara from the tears. And, and 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 yeah, I got some problems. Okay, now you know how to pray for me. I mean, we we we. You know what we have? We we think that we look at somebody that. Do you know why years ago this pastor started coming to church about 6.30 in the morning? Because the devil's not up yet. I get out of the house. I'm like, Lord, leave me, you know, ha- have him leave me alone, all right? And, and my wife, that's why my wife's so tough. She had to battle the devil every Sunday by herself because her worthless husband was already at the church being spiritual. How careful do we need to be? I just thought the devil shot me. telling you that there's battles out there and I just want you to know that no one has it together we all have our struggles, we all have our battles and, and don't, don't come in here looking like you know, Susie Q better than you, you know it, it isn't the case and we all have our struggles and let us remember that and be careful of the pharisaical attitude that can happen think about the Sadducees too and I, I, I don't know you, I, I took a little bit of liberty in this but you know what I call a Sadducee a free-thinking liberal all right what what do liberals do to to those who are Bible believers they deny everything right They just deny the work of God. They deny the Bible. They deny the presence of God. They deny God's existence. They they deny the the spiritual realm. They deny the angels. They deny anything of any kind of truth whatsoever. Well, that's exactly what the Sadducees were. They doubted and questioned everything. They denied the existence of these things. They denied the resurrection, denied immortality. They they denied hell. They were a skeptic, and and they denied the very power of God. Always denying everything. You know what you need to do? You need to take open your Bible, and and, and and that's a safe place, okay? The Bible is a safe place, and if you know Jesus as your Savior, or if you, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I really do want to find you, and, and I want to know who you are, and, and I'm telling you that it is safe for you to open up that Bible and start reading. Don't be reading the commentaries, don't be watching the TV, don't be listening to the radio and those speakers that are on there. I'm telling you, just take you and the word of God and start reading the word of God, start in the book of John if you want to. It'd be a great place. You know what the book of John will do? He will show you who Jesus is. And how powerful that is and And you'll start understanding more of who Jesus is, and and you can do that. And and he'll start showing you his power and and showing you who he is, and and you'll come to that. uh, You don't need anybody, just the Holy Spirit using the word, and he can convert your soul and bring you to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the power of God's word. And don't deny it. Some say, well, I deny it. I don't care what you do. I know what God did in my life, and you can't deny that. You can't deny what God has done and changed my life and made me into, uh, look, if you think I'm a stinker now, you should have seen me about 50 years ago. I was the one probably in kindergarten voted most likely to be the next Charles Manson. And my mom would have said amen. Actually, my dad would have said amen. I couldn't do anything wrong in my mom. But the Sadducees they're always a skeptic. And you know what it does? You know what it does to us? Th- this is the, the third thing that is a hindrance, is it can cause us to have a lack of faith in what God can do. Look, I know what he did in my life. I, I, I know what he's done in my family. I know what he's done in many of your lives today. I hear the testimony. I've seen the testimony of what God has done. You know what I say? I just do not want to get in the way of whatever it is that God wants to do. Let let us trust him and let our faith grow. Let our trust grow and see God do something. You might be thinking that you are in a hopeless situation today and there is no way that God can get honor and glory from this. You, You know what you do? You repent of whatever it is in your life. If there's sin in your life, and, and first of all, make sure you know Christ is your Savior, okay? You say, yes, I, I, I know him as my Savior, but my life is a wreck right now. Well, I can tell you that you turn to God and you confess those things and, and get that right with God and put all of that under the blood where it needs to be and walk the way that you ought to. God can take a mess and bring it into and, and develop a wonderful gem out of that. God can do that. God can take whatever is going on in your life and change it and make something good out of that if you will just be obedient and trust Him and and by faith walk in obedience to Him and watch God do something great telling you i know he can do that i've watched him do that and and i just pray that he will continue to do that look i I mean he goes into this and 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 he tells them you know he's, he's warning them uh take heed beware of the leaven of the pharisees and of the sadducees all this junk that they're teaching and their doctrine was destructive and so he tells them to take heed beware be on guard that's a command Beware, uh, uh, has the idea also, pay attention, be careful of their teaching. But it's a fair warning to all of us too, isn't it? I, I love the song, little as much when God is in it. God can do whatever God wants to do. And so surround yourself with the faithful and defend the faith of God. You should earnestly contend for the faith. And then we see why. We see the promise that he gives us in verses 13 through 20. I love this. Remember what he said over in verse uh, 18? He said, I will build my church. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, we need to have a recognition of the Savior. If a church doesn't preach the If the church doesn't preach the word of God and the church doesn't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no reason for that church to exist. All it is is a country club. You might as well just charge admission and and eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. If you don't do that, we need to preach the gospel. We need to preach the whole counsel of God. We need to recognize that it's a Savior that is important. Remember what he said here? He said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or, other, or one of the prophets. I, I watched something. It, it, was a, it, it was a video somebody sent me the other day, and they were uh, interviewing a, a, a guy up in New York City, a religious leader. And, and, they were, and it was right before Easter, resurrection of Jesus. And they interview this man and they talked, and it's a it's like a 15-minute interview that I watched, and not one time was Jesus' name even brought up in a 15-minute interview on Easter. I'm telling you, no wonder our country is in a mess that it is. When we're so afraid to tell people that you're a sinner and you're needing of a savior, and Jesus Christ is the Savior. And he can save you, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Jesus Christ can save you. No, oh, we need to recognize and understand. And, and Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The one thing that can truly change people's lives is Jesus Christ. That's it. I can't do it. You can't do it. But Jesus can. And oh, how we need to make sure that we have a recognition of the Savior and that we are telling others about who Jesus is. And, and may I say that in this passage that, that even Peter gives acknowledgment of that, that, that it's not on Peter that he builds this rock, that it's not Peter that he builds the church, that it's on Jesus that he builds the church. And even Peter recognizes that. And this is what he says over in Acts chapter 4. And, and look at this. And this is what he says in Acts 4, verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Can I tell you that? Peter is not the first pope. Jesus Christ is the foundation, the cornerstone of the church. Jesus is the church. Jesus is the one that will build the church. Jesus is the one who brings all the believers together. It is not Peter. Peter had feet of stone or feet of clay just like we do today. Peter failed many times just like we do today. Peter was even married. He had a mother-in-law. I sure wouldn't want a mother-in-law without a wife. How would that work? traditions that just aren't true jesus christ is a cornerstone of the church and jesus is the one and the only name given under heaven whereby we must be saved only through jesus do we have that and so we better have a recognition of the savior and then you know what the nice thing is is Verse 17, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You know what that does? That that takes the pressure off of every one of us to try to save someone. You can't do it. I can't do it. I can beg with people. I can plead with people. I, 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 can, I, can, I can manipulate people. I can pressure people. I don't want to do any of that. That's not my job. My job is to tell you that there is nothing better than knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. And knowing that someday that your life here will be over, but life is just starting to begin. If you know Christ as your Savior, eternity with his presence in our lives, forever in heaven, is something well worth whatever punishment we might receive here on earth. Oh, how good our Savior is. It's all about Jesus. It's all about who he is. And in, and here we need to understand that that revelation, that revealing of, and finally that light coming on, I cannot turn that light switch on for you, only God does it. And we just trust him. And so we pray for one another, and it relieves us of the pressure of trying to impress people or trying to, building numbers, or trying to encourage you. We can encourage people to be saved. I'm trying to do that today. I mean, come on. Join us. This this crazy bunch, we're going to be in eternity together. How awesome is that? I mean, God's probably going to put us over in a corner and say, you guys just can't, you know. But what What is that when you, like, fish, and you put them in their own water, you know, and then you take them over to a pond, you kind of let them adapt before you turn them loose, you know, that's what he's going to do, he's going to put us all in a little bag together, and hold us in there, and let us get adapted to everything, and then turn us loose, or maybe it's just that everybody can kind of come in the zoo in heaven and walk around us and say, ooh, aren't they cute, (laughs) and then turn us loose, I don't know, that'd be great. Oh, I want to encourage you to join this crazy bunch, but I, I can't make you, only God can. We preach it, and God saves. And we give him the honor and the glory from all of that. And so he says, I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The faith, the profession, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what he'll build his church upon. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This really is a safe place. Do you understand that? I mean, this is a place where we ought to, be able to come in and be who we are, and we celebrate and we worship our Savior. And yes, we got, a lot of, we got a lot of blemishes in our lives. And we got a lot of dumb mistakes that we've made, and we're paying for some of those. And I understand that. It ought to be a place where we can worship our Savior together. It ought to be a place where we can get things right in our life. And and yes, you still pay for some of those things. I understand that. But it still ought to be a place where you can come and be who you are and watch God do something great in your life. And you get to be a part to, to watch him do something great in somebody else's life. And... and, and, and y- it it ought to be the safe place that we can go and and know and understand that that when we are a part of God's church and and yes, the local church, and the family of God, and and in, and in that worship experience, that this is a place where we can truly be that, be who we are, and allow God to do something, and, and yes, we can be vulnerable, yes, we can be transparent, yes, we can be who we are, and watch God do something great, and know and understand that when we're doing that, the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. devil tries to physically come in here and wreak havoc, we will kill you. You have an opportunity at about 1,800 feet per second. You have that split second to get right with God. You come in here trying to do something stupid and think that that's going to be okay. It's not okay. God has given us the right God has given us the ability. God has given us the command to take care of our family, and we will take care of our family. I, I, I find it disgusting how, how, how brave, how, how, how in your face the devil has gotten in our country today. But this is a safe place where you can come. And spiritually, we know that the gates of hell should not prevail against it, Do you understand also what that means about your salvation? Your faith is in him as your Savior. The gates of hell shall never prevail against that. I saw some ludicrous statement made the other day by a gentleman I'm friends with on Facebook that said absolutely positively that Christians can be possessed by a demon. No, they can't. No, they can't. There's absolutely no way. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior... You have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. That is God himself in the Spirit. He will not dwell with a demon. You need to understand the power of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, you can be oppressed by them. They can harass you. And they can be around you and trying to torment you. You know, all you have to do as a believer Resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. That's what God's Word says. So demand him to leave you alone. God's power is greater. Don't believe the lies that they want to tell you. How crazy is that? And and there's nothing biblical about that whatsoever. I'm telling you that if you know Christ, and and you, you get your, your heart right, and, and you're truly humble with God, and, and you open your heart, and you say, Lord, I want to trust you, your sacrifice that you made for me, then he will give you the deposit of your eternal life as the Holy Spirit of God who will indwell you from now forever. And he can give you power to beat whatever it is that's tormenting you today. Whatever it is. And the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. I believe that, and I'll end with these things and these thoughts. It tells us a reverential responsibility in verses 19 and 20. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Can I tell you? I'll give you an example of what he means by this. I'm telling you today it's a fact of life that if you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will be bound in hell forever. I have the right and the authority to tell you that because God tells me that I can tell you that, not because of who I am, but because you have rejected the one and only thing that gives you life, and that's Jesus. Don't reject him. Don't reject him. Trust him. And so that's talking about forbidding. And Whatsoever thou shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Can I tell you, that when you trust Jesus as your Savior, no more bonds. No more chains. Oh, we still battle sin, but you're not bound to it any longer. You, you don't have to live that way. You can live in the power of the Holy Spirit of God who gives you life, who can give you a joy that you've never had before. He can bring people together in all of their craziness, and bring us together in unity. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But he does it. And he makes it into an awesome church. He really does. Where we can take each other where we are, and love them right where they are, and help them to get where they need to be. Scars, blemishes, warts, and everything else that goes with it. us to make a difference for all eternity you know I've had people tell me this pastor I really want to come but I've really been having a hard time with some depression I've been having some hard times with 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 just some heaviness in my life and every time I come all I do is cry you know what this is a safe place to cry This is a safe place where you can come to another brother somewhere and say, you you know what, guys, I I, I need to join up in that Conquerors class because I'm really having a problem with some addiction in my life. And I need your help. You know what? And it's okay. Maybe you're a widow and you're just scared to death and you come and you're just terrified and you're anxious all the time. Maybe you're a widower or widow, either one. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're a, a divorcee. You know what? You're just trying to find and figure out life again. And I want you to know that you can come here and together we can find out what God's will is and how you walk and how you ought to behave and things that you ought to do. And and, and you can grow and you can be, take right where you are and God can help you get where you need to be. I don't care what it is. Wherever we are, God can take us and rebuild it and make something good every government program out there one day will be gone. All these other organizations will be gone, but the church will still be here. You get yourself in all kinds of messes, and you know what? Sometimes your family walks away from you. The church is still here. You need to bury somebody, and you haven't been in church. The church is still here. need food the church is here and we got eggs coming out our ears you just don't feel like anybody cares and nobody loves you we do and we may fail at times in trying to show you that but we really do we just want to see you get where you need to be how powerful it is be a part of the greatest organization in the world God's church you know what this is Platte Valley Baptist Church all of our weirdnesses all of our craziness all of those who are serious and insulted now because I called you crazy all you short people all you bald guys that are anxious all you guys that are depressed all you guys that are insecure all you guys that were fighting in the parking lot all you guys that think i don't know what i'm going to do with my kids and i'm just telling you this is the place where you get things right and we'll see god do something great father we come to you and just thank you thank you for our church Thank you that it's not built upon the clay feet of a man, but that it's built upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. No man deserves any honor, any glory whatsoever, except you. And so, Father, we give you the honor and the glory. We pray that you will do something spectacular in our lives. Give us victory over those things that we're battling in our lives. Just get so tired of losing those battles along the way. And, Lord, we just want to have victory, and I pray that you give it to us. And then we can help somebody else get over that same hurdle. And, Father, I pray that you save those that need to be saved. That they come to that realization that they need to do business with God and Today is the day in that today they would trust in Christ and know that their sins are forgiven. Let the fetters of religion and tradition and rituals go and just have an uninhibited faith and trust in you for all of us. Let us enjoy the freedom that it gives us. Let us watch how you use us to make a difference in someone else's life for eternity. And Father, you just do something spectacular in the hearts of each one who's here today. Lord, we love you. We just want your will. We want your purpose in our lives. Whatever needs to be done, I pray that you show us and that, Lord, when we walk out of here today, that everybody here is right with you. Lord, we love you. We ask your blessings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.